These are the bunt hits for Tuesday, October 3rd. The earliest game of the day was played between the Rangers and the Rays in St. Petersburg. The 3 p.m. Eastern starting time did not help the Rays in packing the ballpark, one that is already notorious for having low numbers. In total, there were only 19,704 attendees, the lowest for any MLB playoff game since 1919. And unfortunately for the Rays, their players didn't show up either, being silenced by the Rangers pitching and losing a crucial Game 1 4 to nothing. Self-inflicted damage crippled Tampa Bay as their four errors prolonged innings for starter Tyler Glasnow, who had an up-and-down day, stranding quite a few runners on base, but in total, letting four come across to score. A Glasnow wild pitch and a Jose Siri overthrow of third base led to three of those runs coming across, punctuating how costly the Rays' uncharacteristic sloppiness was. Randy Rosarena looked sharp out of the gate after catching the first pitch of the game from his mom and tried to spark the lethargic Rays' offense with two hits in his first two at-bats. Jason Stark notes that Rosarena, who was playing in his 27th postseason game, has had a multi-hit game in 10 of them and a hitless game in only five. However, on this day, it was the Rangers all the way as their lefty starter Jordan Montgomery had an incredibly gutsy performance, going seven shutout innings, striking out five while only allowing six hits. Montgomery did everything and more of what was asked of him, going deep into the ballgame while also playing some stellar defense, springing off the mound and making an incredible diving grab which stopped any offensive plans of the Rays from materializing. Corey Seager and Leody Tavares both had two hit games, but the biggest thorn in Tampa Bay's side, aside from themselves in this one, was Texas rookie Evan Carter. Carter who is MLB Pipeline's number 8 prospect in the game, was a September call-up and got less than a month of experience in his first taste in the majors. Now the 20-year-old is starting in a massive playoff game against a 99-win Rays team. How does he perform? 2 for 2 with a double and 2 walks. A night to remember for the youngster. Looking to Game 2, the season is now on the line for the Rays, who turned to offseason acquisition and highest paid free agent in team history, Zach Eflin, who will match up against Nate Eovaldi, a pitcher who has had plenty of experience facing Tampa Bay during his stints with the Yankees and Red Sox. In a game Minnesota fans will likely never forget, they finally saw their team snap the historic 19-year-long 18-game playoff losing streak as the Twins took down the Blue Jays 3-1. Twin starter Pablo Lopez entered Target Field that day wearing a Johan Santana jersey. Santana, a former Twins multi-Cy Young winning ace and Lopez's pitching idol growing up in Venezuela, happened to be the winning pitcher in the last game the Twins won in the postseason back in 2004, going seven innings of shutout ball against the Yankees. How would Lopez perform in his start? Five and two-thirds innings of five-hit ball, allowing just a single run, himself becoming the most recent winning pitcher in a Minnesota Twins postseason game. Kevin Gossman, starter for Toronto, would have had a solid outing if it weren't for one twin in particular, breakout star Royce Lewis. Lewis, who was returning from a late-season injury and was only able to DH in the game, provided more than enough production, blasting two home runs off Gossman in his first two playoff at-bats. 
Lewis, who has gone from number one overall pick in the 2017 draft with top prospect pedigree to tearing his ACL in back-to-back years, 2021 and then 2022, is blossoming into a superstar and single-handedly powered Minnesota's offense in this historic win. In addition, Lewis joins an exclusive list of players that have hit two home runs in their playoff debut, the most recent being Evan Longoria in 2008. Great defense was also on display, as Michael A. Taylor had two superb grabs out in center, one a leaping grab at the wall, preserving the Twins' two-run lead in the sixth, and also Carlos Correa had a brilliant heads-up play, fielding a slow roller that was missed by third baseman Jorge Polanco to then throw a missile home to get Bo Bichette at the plate. The Twins' bullpen proved rock-solid at the end of the game, with Joanne Duran touching 103 while showcasing nasty breaking pitches to shut the door on the Bluebirds. It was not much of a day to remember for Toronto, as their offense could only muster six hits on the day, two coming from Bochette and two from Kevin Kiermeyer. The Twins now turn their eyes to their 21-year-long playoff series losing streak as they hand the ball to likely AL Cy Young podium finisher Sonny Gray, who faces longtime Minnesota Twin hurler Jose Barrios in a winner-go-home game for the Blue Jays. The last note on this one is a quote from Twins reliever and Minnesota native Caleb Thielbar, who himself pitched a scoreless inning in the winning effort. This quote about ending the 0-18 losing streak. I was a senior in high school in 2004. I remember the game. I've experienced everything all the fans have too. This was my team growing up. It's still my team. I know what weight was lifted off everyone's backs today. Soak it in, Twins fans. You deserve it. Moving over to the NL, the Brewers hosted the D-backs in an absolute thriller. The starting pitching matchup heavily favored the hosts as they sent out their ace, Corbin Burns, against Arizona's rookie starter, Brandon Fott. Fott, who has struggled in his first season in the bigs, was just as shaky in his first postseason start, allowing three hits to start the game before being bounced in the third after allowing seven hits and three runs. Burns, on the other hand, looked sharp in his first go through Arizona's lineup. However, things took a turn for the worse, starting when Corbin Carroll stepped up to the plate and blasted a 440-foot bomb, winning the second duel in the Battle of the Corbins. The next pitch thrown to Cattell Marte was similarly deposited into the stands, bringing the game swiftly to a tie. The next inning, Arizona's young backstop Gabriel Moreno stepped up and hit a moonshot as well, giving the Snakes a 4-3 lead and cutting Burns' day short. Both teams then had to turn to their pen early, which on paper should give Milwaukee a big advantage, having had the best bullpen ERA in the regular season. However, it was Arizona's bullpen that stole the show, as their six relievers combined to throw six and a third innings of shutout ball to close the door on the Brew Crew. The D-backs defense was also on display, especially from 37-year-old three-time gold glover Evan Longoria, who had a few massive defensive plays, including a game-changing leaping grab in which he then doubled off Brewers shortstop Willie Adamas at second to escape a bases-loaded jam. Longoria, who signed with the D-backs this past offseason, has been an incredibly important veteran presence and leader in a rather young clubhouse. On the other side of things, the Brewers just couldn't capitalize on their opportunities with runners on base, 
as they had 12 hits and four walks in total, but were not able to put another run on the scoreboard after Tyrone Taylor's two-run homer in the second inning. One positive note for the Brew Crew was William Contreras throwing out two attempted base dealers, an important battle for Contreras, who only had a 21% rate of throwing out base stealers, while the D-backs led the league in base stealing runs above average. In trying to keep the game close late, Milwaukee turned to their normally stellar closer Devin Williams, who had an uncharacteristically poor performance, throwing 31 pitches and allowing two runs while not being able to finish his inning of work. Christian Walker clubbed a massive two-out double off of Williams, sealing the victory for the D-backs with a final score of 6-3. With both bullpens depleted in this one, getting a strong start from their Game 2 starters will be crucial. Arizona turns to their reliable ace Zach Gallen, while Milwaukee will move up starter Freddie Peralta's turn in the rotation by a day to replace their injured star, Brandon Woodruff. And finally... We turn to Philadelphia where the Phillies took on their division rivals down south, the Miami Marlins. Phil's first baseman, Reese Hoskins, who was a core piece of their 2022 NL pennant winning team, but then tragically tore his ACL during a spring training game and missed the entire 2023 season, threw out the first pitch of the game, hoping to kick off yet another deep postseason run. The next pitch thrown was by Phillies ace, Zach Wheeler, who was firing gas early on hitting 98.6 miles per hour on two of his fastballs, the fastest two pitches Wheeler dealt the entire season. From there, Wheeler was wheeling and dealing, mowing down Marlins in his six and two-thirds innings, allowing just five hits and a run while striking out eight. Matthew Brownstein notes that Wheeler now has the lowest postseason whip of any pitcher in MLB history with a minimum of 40 innings pitched, just ahead of Mariana Rivera, Kenley Jansen, and Sandy Koufax. Jesus Luzardo, on the other hand, was not nearly as effective for the Fish, struggling in his four innings of work, allowing three runs to cross the plate. Phil's offense was working all night as every player in their starting lineup got a hit, with Trey Turner and Nick Castellanos both having a pair. The Phillies' bullpen then came in and shut the door with little trouble. Though there was an interesting moment in the ninth when closer Craig Kimbrell committed an intentional balk to move the Marlins runner from second to third to avoid any relaying of signs to the batter at the plate. All in all, it was a smooth victory for Philadelphia, using their big game experience and electric atmosphere to roll through the Marlins in game one, four to one. The Marlins will hope their luck can turn around with Braxton Garrett taking the pill in game two against Philly's workhorse, Aaron Nola. Thanks so much for listening and look out for an episode tomorrow where we'll cover Wednesday's day of action. Stay tuned.